this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com Welcome. And today I am delighted to have Cheryl Hunter. Cheryl is the best-selling author and founder of The Hunter Group, which is an organization that provides high-performance coaching to executives, entrepreneurs, and organizations. Uh, when Cheryl was a teenager, uh, she was abducted by two criminals who beat, raped her, and left her for dead. But she survived that life-changing trauma, refocused her life, and found freedom. In the whole process, she created a framework that empowers anyone to overcome adversity. She's been featured in Fast Company, HLN, The Huffington Post, and is also a TED Talk speaker. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here, Callan. So my mission really became to set people free. And now today, you know, I'll, I'll be a guest on, on, on Forbes magazine or CNN or places like this where I talk and I'm able to, to, to get the message out. But really, I'm all about the message that our past doesn't constitute our present or our future and that we can find ways to liberate ourselves from anything that holds us captive in the present. Great. And uh, it seems like, you know, that traumatic experience is really was the fire that ignited, when she, that ignited within you uh, to be able to uh, start high performance coaching. Was that the case or was it kind of always in the background and that experience really drove you to start it? Well, I was a teenager when it happened, so it wasn't in the background. You know, as a teenager, I was just interested in whatever a teenager is interested, figuring life out, you know. But initially I started, I, I was just trying to kind of, uh, it, it, what it seemed like at the time was I was trying to get air. Like I was trying to survive. I was trying to, to figure out how to get life back to normal again. And so I, I, I read every book I could get my hand on. If anyone would recommend something, I would take it if it were a course or a seminar or a coach. And I eventually started taking quite a bit of personal development seminars. And I, I thought, well, I feel so much better when I'm here. Why don't I try leading them? So I went through training programs and led them. And a lot of people who lead personal development also are in the field of professional development. So it wasn't long before I became tapped. I was tapped to go and lead professional development work as well. And through this whole process, I was developing my own educational framework to really, like I'd said earlier, set people free from whatever holds them captive. And I created really a, 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 a framework and a, then ultimately a company that's the, the hybrid, kind of the intersection between professional development and personal development. I kind of found as I would go into the corporate space, some of the development would be so dry, you know, just tactical training alone without taking into account who, who we are as human beings, you know, the way we think and function, what makes us tick. And yet some of the personal development stuff was a little too touchy-feely. <laughs> It was like, okay, come on down from the land of, of unicorns. Let's get into reality, you know? So I thought, what if there were a hybrid? What if there were something that spoke to who we are as individuals and what makes us tick? And yet 
it was tactical. It could be applied in the workplace or wherever in life we wanted to, to make a real impact in terms of our results. So that's what I set out to create. And I've been, I've been blessed to, to work at this point and have delivered programs to hundreds of thousands of individuals. And, and it's, it's, um, it's a privilege to, to really, one, get to work with so many people, but to see how we tick and what makes us, what makes us, us, us function and, and what ha- causes us not to. So did that answer the question? I know that was a long answer. <laughs> right. That's okay. And you know what, Cheryl, when I think when, when a, a young woman sees you, you know, she probably says in her head, like, wow, you know, like, I want to be like her. Like, I'm quite sure you're an inspiration uh, to a lot of women. But someone may think, uh, you know, but I don't have the experience. Um, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't have the experience. So what would you advise them? Would you say that maybe, uh, uh, you know, perhaps if, if there is a meaningful experience, something traumatic of something that's really paramount, like, uh, that, 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 uh, that happened to you, uh, should they leverage that to, uh, to become an entrepreneur or do you, or do you think maybe they should work for like a nonprofit organization, maybe go in that direction before uh, leading up to being an entrepreneur? So first, you talked about getting into the workplace, whether it's in an, as an entrepreneur or in whatever way, without experience. So initially, we all start there. I think, one, don't let it be an obstacle. But two, more importantly, reach out to your community for help, whether it's requesting someone be a mentor or it's talking to those you, you know and respect to see what they might, how they might advise you or what connections they might have. We all start there. Just don't let it be a, be a hurdle. Next, you talked about leveraging one's own story or their past, really, in order to become an entrepreneur or perhaps work for a nonprofit. So it's a different era, I assert. It's a different time now. When I first started in, in like, you know, in the workplace and, you know, going into the corporate space, doing training, et cetera, it was, it was, the, the workforce was different. People were buttoned up and, and we had like a work persona. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like people were very, cl- played things close to the vest. Mm-hmm. It's a new era now. People are transparent and transparency is the name of the game. Whether even corporations have that as par- stated as part of their corporate culture being transparent, being treating employees and, and fellow coworkers like friends and family. So it's a different era now with the, with the way YouTube is and social media. It's allowed us to be more open with people. So I think in that regard, sharing your personal story, whatever it is, is always a good idea. I mean, if you took one entrepreneur who was, I'm hypothetical here, a dentist who just was a dentist and they had a nice practice and some good Yelp reviews mm-hmm. versus one who said, you know, I, I, you know, I had really bad teeth before. I, I, it was a struggle for me. I, I hated going to the dentist and I got braces finally and I worked it out and here I am now and my commitment is, or whatever their story is, or mm-hmm. my parents couldn't afford dentistry work for any of us kids and we lost a lot of teeth, whatever, I'm making stuff up. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you ha- can relate to that person as a human being, the person I think you'd be naturally compelled to do business with would be the one, the latter one. So right. I think for each of us, as we're looking to build a business, it's a great idea to, to, to leverage your own history and story. And my spin on things, Callan, is we typically look at the things in our past like, 
oh, wow, that's kind of bad. I wish that that hadn't happened. Let me try to hide that from people. I say no. Lean into it. Go, go for it. Share the things, even the things that you think you wish hadn't happened or the things that you think are perhaps not the most flattering things to share about you. I'm not talking about trauma sharing, but just really bearing yourself to another. Mm. It, there's nothing that helps you create a tribe faster than people identifying with your struggles, who you truly are at the core. That makes people gravitate toward you and want to know you and be with you and work with you. So share away. Great. I definitely, I definitely agree, and I, uh, I like how you put that. Um, if we could zero in, like when you started the Hunter Group, uh, where were you at in your life? Was was you in a, a corporate job that you was tired of and you went out? Um, was you just at a point where I don't, you know, I'm not sure if you're married, or, you know, or had a husband who was working, or, or were you just at a point where you said that I just want to be an entrepreneur? Where was you? What place was you at? before you started the Hunter Group? Because I, I think a lot of people always wonder, well, how did this person get started? How did this person get started? And some people, they do have a, a long corporate history of you know, specific, uh, specific trade. Or, some, or, some, or for some women, um, they, may, uh, they, for some, they may have uh, maybe kind of dead in nine to five jobs they don't like and they wanted to try something new. What was your experience? Where were you at before uh, the Hunter Group came about? Well, I had been working as a coach, like as a contractor, like an independent contractor for several different coaching organizations that did, you know, personal development and professional development. And at a certain point, I thought, why am I, I've created my own education. Sometimes I would even license it out. Why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I doing the coaching, writing the education, and even the programs that we deliver, selling the thing, and yet I am not having the guts to go out <laughs> and to create my own thing. And I, it finally hit me one day. I thought, this is, this is I, I'm not walking the talk if I am afraid to for whatever reason. Mm. So I gathered together a group of just remarkable, remarkable coaches people who had either trained me or I had come up with as, as I was in my training and I gathered them together and thought, let's just go for this. And it's been no looking back since. So I, you know, what, what anybody else can learn from that? I think there are, there are things for each of us that we think that's what I should do. If I only had the fill in the blank, the time, right. the money, the resources, the, the, the courage, the, the gumption, the, the moxie, whatever you want to say. <laughs> and, and I just say, ah, just what else is life for? Just go for it. Right. There was so, a, a, a death in my family in the past year. And, and as it happened, I, I thought, you know what? It's, it's, it really is finite. Life really is finite. We've got to go for it, right? I just want to take a moment to tell you about DreamHost. DreamHost.com. It's the award-winning web hosting service rated by PC Magazine. With their current rates and positive reviews, I couldn't think of a better company to recommend. You can get $10 off a one-year hosting plan or $25 off a two-year hosting plan when you use the promo code Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N. DreamHost.com, PC Magazine, best web hosting service. 
And I think really it's um, some of those uh, life-changing experiences that really serve as the motivator to really get us to uh, start reaching our finish line. So you were, uh, so I guess from what you're saying, you were doing seminars for a, I guess, uh, a, a corporation where you was going to multiple places, um, uh, uh, you know, giving courses, uh, speeches, things like that. I was doing multiple things. I did personal development seminars in the evening. I led those. And then for different uh, coaching and consulting firms, I went out during the day and led uh, programs that way, either executive coaching one-on-one or to groups in, and did trainings and, and that kind of uh, programs and courses inside of different corporations. Uh, so you basically you're doing a lot of freelancing in a sense. Exactly. Right, right. And and for some people, uh, you know, being a freelancer, it could be liberating, especially if a person uh, dreads a nine-to-five job. That, you know, I, for me, I would call that a step up. Uh, but ultimately, um, but at, this, at, at the end of the day, uh, there are different paths for different people. So while I may have a, you know, certain perspective or opinion of, you know, what's maybe better, uh, other people may have their own. So, uh, and that kind of, that kind kind of goes into uh, the next thing and as that um, so you got tired of that you started the hunter group now I think one challenge that aspiring entrepreneurs have is marketing you know the people you know people people say well you know you know how can I get clients when I don't have a marketing budget or how can I get clients when uh, everyone else is you know putting Facebook posts or Twitter's all over what what was your strategy to marketing to be able to become efficient and effective well most of our business is word of mouth so I I just have really had my eye on providing extraordinary value to our clients so that they naturally want to tell other people about it. So that's where we've really had our eye. It's not to say that we haven't done marketing. Sure, we have. I brought marketing people in and we, you know, do, you know, built a list and keep up social media and all that. But really, if I look at the amount of incoming clients that are just, you know, kind of random or find us online versus those that come from people who are already clients, the lion's share is from the people we already have ha- have as clients who we've just continued to provide extraordinary value for. So in a sense, you really build a large referral network. Yes, very much so. Wow, that, and that's very powerful. Uh, that's kind of uh, that's kind of uh, an old school tactic, but uh, <laughs> I, I, talk, I talk to a lot of I talk to a lot of um, entrepreneurs, and it still it still seems to be effective uh, among people. And I think that's probably a great way, especially if an aspiring entrepreneur does not have a, a huge budget. And for, and it sounds like from what you're saying that uh, it still has been uh, doing it has still has been very instrumental uh, in the success of your business so what about now uh, uh, what about now Cheryl you know a lot of people they see you and they see you in Huffington Post they see you in Fast Company they see you on Nancy Grace again a lot of young women is probably like wow you know like I want to be like her like you know like what would be some strategies that you will offer the listeners that can increase their chances of getting those type of opportunities well you know, I'd said how it's a really different age, a mm-hmm. different era now, and how we're transparent and people are sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. One that that's a great thing on one hand, and on the other hand, what it does is it makes the marketplace and the world a very loud, 
crowded place. Mm. It's, we, you know, we're oversaturated with how much stuff is out there. Mm-hmm. Somebody had asked me about a life coach and I, I just went online and pulled up life coach and there were like 125 million <laughs> results in you know, less than a second. And I thought, wow, there's so much saturation out there. Here's what I advise. Find what's unique about you and speak to that. Mm. There are, each one of us has spent a lifetime amassing expertise and clarity and focus around the things that we do well, that we love, that are our strengths. Play to those, sell those, represent those. There's something unique by virtue of the experiences you've had, the things that you're already great at, the things that make you uniquely you. And sometimes, again, my caveat is, is even the things that you think are wrong with you, those things, if you, you can parlay those into your unique message. Heck, I'm a walking example. I hid for over a decade that anything happened to me and that I was kidnapped by these people. But once I finally started sharing it, I found people were interested. It was like, what? How could they be interested? I thought people would ostracize me and hate me and think I was bad, stupid, gullible, etc. But but it's, it's amazing what happens when you really share the, the truth about you. So share that. That'll be your differentiator. Great. And uh, so basically you're, you, you advise people to kind of kind of niche down a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, find a topic and then, you know, you know, find a niche within that topic. And, and, that's, and that definitely can be a, a great solution uh, for entrepreneurs. But a question that may come with entrepreneurs may say, well, if I niche down, isn't that going to isolate me from you know the majority of people that may be interested? Because for example, they may they, they may I don't know they may pick a specific specialty niche that only has a target uh, a, a target audience of interest of about uh, five hundred thousand people. You know you know what would you say to an entrepreneur that says, well, doesn't that hurt me rather than help me? What would you say to that? Callan, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. If we Aim too big at a target too big. There's nothing, you know, we, we lose everybody. There's nothing more a kiss of a death than when somebody says, who's your product for? And the person responds, everybody. If you say everybody, nobody can find themselves in it. Mm-hmm. But if you come up with a market that is so niched down and specific, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm making this up. But we're, we're, we've got a product here for, I, I knew somebody who had a product for school-aged kids from kindergarten through sixth grade who wet the bed. And it's like, that's a very specific audience, right? That's mm-hmm. so specific. <laughs> but then their, their audience found them and flocked to them and started telling other people. And finally, they were like, oh, we need to come up with more products. We've got so many people clamoring for what we offer. We've got to come up with more. And more and more people started hearing them. Now, I know the example I gave was kind of uh, so obscure. But for each one of us, if we can find who is that very specific target market who needs what we offer, then other people can hear themselves in the specificity that we've provided. But again, if it's general... And broad strokes, nobody can find themselves in that messaging. Make your messaging specific and niche down. Sure. If people want to get in contact with you, how would they do that? My website is CherylHunter.com. 
And that's spelled C-H-E-R-Y-L and then Hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R.com. I've got Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, LinkedIn. And also we have a site called thehuntergroup.biz. Okay. Either way, I'm happy to connect. Great, great. And Cheryl, thank you for being our guest. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs best-selling author and career strategist as seen in Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.